0: Welcome back, people, to the one-on-ones podcast on the Field of 12 Media Network, presented by Bet River Sportsbook, episode eight, Cody, talking ACC football, you know, things around college football as well. Um, I'm Harry Douglas, joined by Cody Sensabaugh There's been a, there, there was a thriller last week at Lane Stadium. Uh, we had overtime in the Carrier Dome, a huge yep. comeback in Louisville, and a shocker in Chapel Hill. So let's go <laughs> ahead and start with the, with the Carrier Dome, man, because... Man, Wake Forest <laughs> is the only undefeated team. Bless you, my brother. Wake Force is the only undefeated team left in the ACC. And I'm going to go ahead and jump all the way to the fourth quarter because that's when things really got interesting in this game, man. Ain't mm-hmm. no reason to talk about it. Nah, I'm going to jump to the fourth quarter, right? right? And I think this game made all kind of turns with 7:13 left in the fourth quarter when Syracuse had an opportunity to go up four points mm-hmm. and they missed the field goal. Um, on that very next drive, Sam Hartman and Wade Forest had an eleven-play drive and went down and scored a touchdown. And on that drive in particular, it was the Sam uh, Hartman—I uh, mean, excuse me—Sam Hartman and the Jaquari, uh Roberson show. It's mm-hmm. like they connected on all cylinders. It's like they could—they—they they went back to last year and the production that they had last year. And on that one drive, it was them two getting getting it done. And Cody, what what did you see from this Wade Forest team? Uh, when their backs were against the wall in this game.
1: I seen a team that was poised and kept fighting toward the end of the second quarter. um, Syracuse had a chance to get off the field and they declined a penalty and ended up giving Wake Forest a a long third down opportunity. And uh, Hartman completed a deep pass. And um, instead of going into the half 21-10, Syracuse went into the half 21-17 because Wake Forest ended up getting a touchdown. And leading up to that point, it seemed like Syracuse was doing what they wanted to do and how they wanted to do it. They was completely controlling the game. And after that little phase of momentum, Wake Forest basically just took over. And I mean, I know it, it came down to the end still, but that, that drive really did it for me. Cause I'm like, damn, why the hell is Syracuse trying to get cute? Take the penalty make them kick a long field goal, and worst come to worst, you get the ball back and you run out the clock. But Hey, it's not that
0: hard. It's not that hard.
1: But <laughs> once again, we go back to this coaching thing in college. It's like they want to trick people and everybody wants to get cute and fancy, yep. and they end up coaching themselves out of victories with, with simple philosophies. And it's just it's frustrating to watch, man, because I remember we was texting there and I was like, why the hell? Did they decline that penalty? You know what I'm saying? like, And then it's crazy, though. look at the way the kickers have been kicking throughout football all year, whether it's the NFL or college. No one outside of Tucker from Baltimore has really just been lights out like that. You know what I'm I saying? Agree. I agree 100%. So I would have put the onus on the kicker. And then even towards the end of the game, after Syracuse scored that touchdown, I know they wanted to go for two but for some reason or another, they didn't have everybody on the same page and they wasted a lot of time in their little sideline huddle. And they ended up having to take a penalty and kick a field goal, which ended up, they end up losing in overtime. But just bad coaching, man. Like yeah. just little shit that, that catches up to you at the end. And I think it caught up to them because their quarterback played well. He was running the hell out of the ball and he mm-hmm. was even making some good passes. I mean, I think they had 360 yards rushing somewhere in that round, if I'm not mistaken. So to lose a game the way they did against the only unbeaten team in the ACC, that's a tough loss.
0: And I, and I tell you, I, I like what I've seen from Syracuse running the football. Sure. Mm-hmm. And even with two minutes to go in this football game, they was down seven, right? And they needed a touchdown. Um, and that's exactly what they got. Garrett Schrader. The quarterback we're talking about right now from He's a Syracuse, He's a bro, dog. he did it with his legs and his arm. You look at this game, man. He had 29 carries for 178 yards and a touchdown. Sean Tucker, just in case no one knew, who happens to be the second leading rusher, the second um, uh, leading rusher in college football this year, only behind Kenneth Walker, the third from Michigan State, had 26 carries for 156 yards and two touchdowns. So they have a good ground game there. Uh But what I t- I'll tell you this. After they scored, Syracuse scored that touchdown. Um, it was still a lot of time on the football clock. I won't say a lot of time, but enough time for Wake Forest to go down and and, and, and do something. Right. And they made it happen, man. <laughs> they, they, they 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 made that happen. A.T. Right. Perry in overtime, um, Syracuse got the field goal, but A.T. Perry has been huge for this team this year. And I know Jaquari Rob- Roberson is the number one guy. But At Perry is a solid number two. The young yeah, man three had touchdowns. three touch, three catches, <laughs> 137 yards, three touchdowns, and had the game winner in overtime.
1: If that's not efficient, I don't know what is, man.
0: man. And he had that 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 um that, that that crucial touchdown too against my damn Louisville Cardinals too. Boy, I tell you, at pair. I was mad at you last week or whatever it was, but boy, I'm happy to see you balling. They doing their thing, and that was big for the ACC. It wasn't just big for the ACC, but it was big for Way Forest to remain undefeated. It seems like they're they're the most relevant. Uh, uh, I see right. the only relevant team right now to to try to go undefeated as they're the only team that's undefeated in the ACC. So um, I think they have a I think in, they have out. a bye week. Yeah, I think they have a bye week this week. So. It's needed so those guys can regroup and try to finish this year, man, undefeated. Because uh, I'm rooting for them right now. At this point in, in the season, I'm, I'm rooting for Way Forest to to not only win their side of the uh, of the ACC, but also to win mm-hmm. the ACC championship and, and represent the ACC. You never know what may happen because college football is crazy this year. Now, the second true. game, That's we true. want to go to my Louisville Cardinals Two. versus the Virginia Cavaliers, man and Mm-hmm. I was, oh man, I'm not going to tell you what I got to tell you. I was upset at this game because Louisville was up 30 to 13, right? With like a minute or something to mm-hmm. go in the third, let's just say to start of the fourth quarter. Mm-hmm. And Brennan Armstrong and the Virginia Cavaliers, a surge hit, <laughs> right? A surge hit. What Be I mean, cold. a surge, a surge hit. He cold. So Virginia Virginia had four possessions, after that point, right, this, basically the start of the fourth quarter, scored touchdowns on three of four drives. But I got to give credit to Virginia's defense
1: mm-hmm.
0: because Louisville had four drives as well.
1: Yeah,
0: Louisville only got one field goal out of those four drives. So the Cavalier d- defense decided that they wanted to step up as well, and they stopped Louisville from actually sc- sc- scoring. But, mm-hmm. Cody, check this out. <sighs> It's hard to even think about. Virginia's trying to go take the lead, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Virginia's trying to go take the lead. They have a fourth and sixth situation. They convert the fourth and sixth. Virginia has a fourth and eight situation. They convert the fourth and eight situation. Louisville, not only that, dropped an interception. Mm-hmm. Dropped the interception to seal the game. But forget all of that. Louisville had an opportunity to kick a field goal and win the game at the end, and they missed that. <laughs> but it's like it's like for me, man. Louisville just found ways to to lose the football game versus just to me, Virginia going out and winning the game. Yeah. I thought Louisville found ways to lose the football game, and I thought they did that a little bit too against Wake Forest. Second um, week in a row, yeah. So. They, to me, they found weight. Listen, they run, they ran the hell out of the football. Hassan Hall had a hell of a day. Yes, he did. Had had a hell of a day. Uh, Malik Cunningham had a hell of a day. But Brennan Armstrong (laughs) passed for 487 yards, Cody.
1: Yeah, And
0: three touchdowns. That man right now is the number one passer in college football. He's number one, (laughs) number one.
1: He's a hell of a player, man. He's a, he's a, he's a joy to watch. And just to, to see the way he bounced back from those two interceptions for the young men yes. out there watching, that's how you respond. No one on that team or in that building is questioning his toughness or his ability to compete. You know with a guy like that, you have a chance no matter who you're playing against. Hell, especially in the ACC because you don't know what the hell is going to happen. And to me, him and Pickett from Pitt is probably yes. the two best quarterbacks along with – um, Hartman from Wake Forest I would say he's he's a little bit more consistent he is in as big play as those other guys per se you know that may be up for debate but um Brennan Armstrong is my favorite quarterback in in the country and as well as the ACC and I think what was huge for Virginia is um on third down they were nine for 19 that's a great job for offense and not only that three of those first downs were for 10 plus yards Mm -hmm. so they was converting from every possible angle and as a defender that's demoralizing let alone you get to those two fourth down conversions that they um that they uh completed and made happen but for me watching louisville i was starting to get on your guys bandwagon because it's like you see You see everything in the the rest. The potential's
0: there. Like the the potential is there. Everything
1: that you need is there. And it's like, they just find ways to piss down their leg every single week. And I mean, Wake Forest is the only undefeated team in ACC. You guys had them on the ropes last week. UVA is a very solid team. We'll see where they stack up in the Coastal when it's done, but you had them on the ropes. And it's like, you just find ways... To, to fumble it and it's unfortunate because those guys compete. You know, if I would say if you take off three minutes of the last two games, <laughs> you guys win. You know what I'm saying? Like y'all, y'all basically be winning for 57 of the 60 minutes if not 58. So, you know, hopefully they can get their situational end of the game plan down and start improving better with that for sure. Cause it's killing y'all.
0: They just got to learn how to finish. They got to learn how to finish games better. And I'm glad you brought up those interceptions that that Brendan Armstrong threw because for me, if, if you're Louisville and you're looking at it from their their side of things, you created those two turnovers, you got to get more than six points out of those turnovers. You got to you get at least 10 or at least 14 points right. off of those turnovers, right? You can't just have six points. I thought that was a big um, a big a big thumbtack in, in, in the game as well is that they only had six points off that, those turnovers because now UVA is still in the football game no matter what. You score touchdowns, UVA's done. You stick a, stick a fork in them, they done. <laughs> That's why they done.
1: Turnovers, turnovers are such momentum changes. And when you're able to capitalize as an offense, it's basically putting a nail in the coffin. But when you don't, it gives that, that opposition a little bit more fire to keep competing. And hell, when you got a quarterback like him, He's going to give you a chance.
0: Yep. Let me tell you guys a little bit about our partners over at Bet Rivers Sportsbook. If you haven't signed up yet with Bet Rivers, now's the time because they're offered $250 match bonus for your first deposit. What sets them apart is that they require just one play through to turn your bonus into cash money. Yes, I said that right, cash money. With their new Rush Play instant approval, withdrawing your winnings are safer, uh, more secure, more reliable. With football season kicking off, get in on the action at BetRivers.com today or by downloading the Bet Rivers iOS app. Must be 21 years or older. If you have a gambling problem, and I'll say this again, if you have a gambling problem, please call 1-800-GAMBLER, do not hesitate. Now, I wanna go to another game that featured, um, to start the season, the most disappointing team in the ACC in my eyes, Florida State. Uh, which is not the most disappointing team in the ACC now because that now goes to the team that they played this weekend, mm. the North Carolina Tar Heels. Mm. Uh, this Tar Heels football team, man, I, I don't think I could be more disappointed with a team than, than the North Carolina Tar Heels this entire season because of the hopes that they had coming in. And then mm. now they are fa- they face a, a, a Florida State team who got their first win last week and was looking to build. And I think they took them for granted now. FSU found a new life, and it involves winning back-to-back games. Listen, they didn't find a new life. They didn't find Lou new mojo. And part of that is because of quarterback Jordan Travis. I think he has really stepped up big time lately. Um, these last two weeks for FSU, he's doing it with his arm. He's doing it with his legs. And he's just finding ways to win, uh, in particular when it comes to these last two games. The young man, Cody, was 11 for 13, 145 yards, three interceptions. But the most important stat. Three touchdowns, zero interceptions. Yes,
1: sir, he took care of that rock.
0: Zero interceptions, three man. touchdowns, three zero interceptions. When you but he rushed throw, fourteen times. He had one hundred twenty-one yards rushing for two tubs, mm-hmm. and man, I'm, I'm just happy to see him and see Florida State um, picking things back up, and Mike Norvell being able to get wins, and those those guys being able to figure it out. But I'm trying to figure out, man, what is Mac Brown going to do? Because Josh Downs, I heard Josh Downs, I know you got to say this because this is your quarterback. He said Sam Howell is the best quarterback in the country. I don't think Sam Howell is the best quarterback in the country. I mean, I understand he has to say that because that's his quarterback. Mm-hmm. And Josh Downs had another 100-yard game, 121 yards, I believe, another 100-yard game. So he's balling. And I mm-hmm. understand that he's getting you to rock. But he no, he's not the best quarterback in <laughs> the country. I'm going to say that. But I've been disapp- disappointed with not only the offense, for North Carolina but the defense Uh, because the hype going into the season with this defense is that they had an opportunity to compete with Clemson. Well, Clemson's not a team anymore and North Carolina is struggling to compete with anybody they play week in and week out. (laughs) Forget the Clemson part, they're struggling to compete with anybody that they're playing against. So when you look at this North Carolina football team, well, I'll let you go to this game first and then tell me what's 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 your thought process on this North Carolina football team, this game and the entire
1: season so far? Um, the stat from this weekend that stands out the most to me about this North Carolina team is they had 12 penalties for 100 plus yards and when you look at a team that is preseason top 10 and you see the inconsistencies and the mistakes they make Mm -hmm. it's right in your face they're an undisciplined team that's not consistent I don't know what their day-to-day looks like but to me, they played to the level of their competition. If you would have, forget what's going on the rest of the season. If you, I mean, we really didn't even talk about this game last week because we figured it was in the bag for UNC. Yeah. And it's frustrating to watch because you have a Sam Howe, you have a Josh Downs, you have all of these players that jump off the screen at you, but for some reason or another, they can't put it together. And it's just yep. frustrating to watch. And I mean, Mac Brown, you know, he was supposed to be the guy to turn it around. And I'm not saying he's not, but damn, he's 0 11. He's 0 11 against his alma mater. <laughs> like, he's never beat him. You know what I'm saying? So I wish I would have known that before. I've been like, damn, Florida State may have a chance to win this game. But just seeing how they folded like a lawn chair is being mm-hmm. bad to watch because I had them and Clemson basically showing up to Charlotte at the end of the year, undefeated, both teams. And both teams have been, to say the least, Clemson, Clemson has a little bit going for them, but shit, you know, they play Syracuse this week in, at the Carrier <laughs> Zone, so they don't- That, they, that
0: game's on uh, Friday, right? Tomorrow, that, that game's that on Friday.
1: The game's Friday, so, um, man, I'm just, I'm just disappointed in North Carolina. Something else that stood out to me that Mack Brown said, is he felt like those two or three deep balls that Jordan Travis completed was the difference in the game. Hearing him say that lets me know that their game plan was to force him to put the ball in the air. Yep. And he did it. So you got to clap for him and give it up for him. And that's Jordan right. Travis is a young man that you see improving every single week. And I think he's really the, the battery pack to that, to that team. And as long yeah. as he keeps improving... I think those guys are going to rally around him and continue to compete. And shit, to be honest with you, the way the ACC is looking, you never know. Florida State, <laughs> and
0: it's and it's crazy because man, we was on Jordan Travis head early. You know what Ooh, I mean? The whole team. We, yeah, we we, we we was on him early, man. And for him to man face adversity like that and come back and have these last two weeks that he's had, mm-hmm. I'm impressed by it. And we got to call a spade a spade. Hey, man, you've been balling. Now you they don't ball- have the outstanding. Yeah outstanding passing numbers. Yes, you was 11 for 13 this week, but you don't have the 300 for it, but hey, you don't need that. If you win in football games and then you over 100 yards rushing in just about every game that you're playing from here on out, then hey, you good to go with me.
1: Yeah, man. Keep rocking. <laughs> Keep
0: rocking. Now, another game that I thought was dope, man, it was damn, boy, This game was live, boy, this thing was hype 100% was Notre Dame versus Virginia Tech. Yes, sir. So, you know, It's not about how you start, but it's about how you finish. And I'm saying that because the quarterback for Notre Dame, Jack Cohen, man, he started the game, got benched, and when his team needed him most, the last two drives, he produced a touchdown plus a two-point conversion, and he drove them down for a late-game field goal for them to win it. So for all y'all youngsters who out there watching, it's not about how you start, man. It's all about how you finish, man. Mm -hmm. And I'll say this. When when Jermaine Waller, who right now is leading NCAA, he's tied uh, with four interceptions for first, right? Mm -hmm. When he got that pick six Mm -hmm. and Lane Stadium was going crazy. Crazy. I I thought it was over. Yeah. I thought the game was over. And I also got to give another shout-out to Virginia Tech's quarterback Braxton Burmeister. Playing injured and coming in when he's not a hundred percent and trying to do any and everything that he could for his football team. So I, I give him mad respect. But that boy Kyle Hamilton at that safety position, he Kyle called. Hamilton reminds me of an old school football player.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And here's why. He don't care nothing about who you are, <laughs> he, he he cares about his squad. That man, when he hit that quarterback, that one I tweeted, I tweeted. I said, Kyle Hamilton is an old school football safety. He gonna punish you. Regardless, yes. He don't care who you are. If you come across the middle, he gonna punish you. Yes. If you give him an opportunity to get an interception or create a turnover, he gonna do it. Mm-hmm. But if he rushing the quarterback, he gonna punish you as well. Mm-hmm. He that old school safety man. When you think about Ed Reed, when you think about uh, Troy Polamalu, all them boys, man. He does man. it all. He does he, it all. He, he, you think about guys like Sean Taylor, like he he. He in the category. Not saying that he's at that level yet. I'm just saying, from a college perspective, he's right. in the category with those guys because he's a playmaker, man. He's all over the football field. But this he game did. was just a was just a classic, man, because it was one on the last second field goal, and Lane Stadium was rocking, Sandman right. was rocking. Right. You know what I mean? The crowd was crazy. And Notre Dame was out was was, out, what was, was without their um, All American tight end, uh, Mayor. He didn't play. So they going through quarterbacks throughout the game and they still found a way to win this football game when a guy like me picked him to lose a football game. Yeah. So shout out uh, to them, them Irish man. Man, I
1: thought VTech, shout out to Notre Dame. I thought VTech had it under wraps when Burmeister had that long scramble for the touchdown. I think <laughs> it was like maybe third and 10 or third and 15, whatever it was. And he was hobbling off the field cause his arm was hurting. His damn lineman was damn near carrying them off. <laughs> I just I just knew they had it under wraps. But something we see seeing in college, whoever gets the ball last, the last, a lot of times comes out as the victor. And I feel bad for Virginia Tech because to jump out to a 10-0 lead on a team like Notre Dame and to still lose that game, mm-hmm. that's tough. Virginia Tech, they're, they're like everybody else in the ACC. Like one, like one week against North Carolina, they lights out. You know what I'm saying? Yep. Burn Meister, he's killing, he's doing his thing. You come to this game, they're shuffling quarterbacks. You don't know who's going to be in. You don't know who's going to be out. They're just dealing with so much stuff. But I do like the direction them and their coach. Is it Fuentes? Is it Fuente? yeah. How you say Justin, his name? Fu-
0: just, Justin Fuente.
1: Justin Fuente. The the direction he has this program going is the right direction. But to me, they're a lot like Louisville. They're, they're missing, like, that one little thing. One thing, I don't know, I don't know what that is that they're missing. I think they have the right coaches in place. Um, I just think they need a little bit more consistency, but yeah. they got guys all over the field. I mean, Notre Dame is a hell of a team. You know what I'm saying? Notre Dame has has a chance to make it to the playoffs the way that this season is looking, you know? So they fought them tooth and nail, and They lost on the last second field goal.
0: And hey bro, I, hey, Virginia Tech wins this football game let me tell you why that hurt the ACC though. Because if Virginia Tech wins that football game, I think they cracked the top twenty-five. Yes, sir. At that point, so right. that's why that was such a such a bummer for 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 them not to win that football game. Plus, you don't, like, don't that you atmosphere. This oh no, hmm. that atmosphere man was crazy. Yeah, now man. we gonna get we gonna get to the entirety of college football. Number one, the number one team in the country. Yes, sir. Alabama lost, and um, that was big for college football. And I'm and I'm a I'm going to tell you teams that I, I thought that benefited. Number one, I thought it benefited Cincinnati
1: because
0: yep. now it's forcing Alabama to win the SEC championship because if Alabama loses the SEC championship. They're not making it. He, Well, let me say this. If they go to the SEC championship, because there's still a lot of football left to be played on, right. in the SEC West. Right. So if they make it to the, the SEC championship game, they have to beat Georgia in order to make the playoffs, because I don't think they're gonna put a two loss Alabama in. Um, it's gonna be hard. Oh yeah, it's gonna to be tough. But now a Cincinnati who would have been scratching and clawing to get in, even if they would have been undefeated, because you it was a possibility that if, 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 if Bama didn't lose, you was gonna get Bama and Georgia in the college football playoffs, no matter what, right? If they would have made it to the SC Championship game undefeated. But then with the big 10 being so, so tough and how it is right now, you could have possibly had two Big Ten teams go as well, right? But Alabama loses. Now Cincinnati has more life. Now a team that in a conference that we weren't talking about making the playoffs, the Big Twelve in Oklahoma. Mm. Now they have another lifeline, right? And right. the last, last, uh, last team. Uh, well, I say the last team, but the last conference I think is the Big Ten, like I just mentioned. They was gonna have two teams come in, and while we're talking about Oklahoma. How big was that comeback
1: win against
0: Texas?
1: And listen here, in college football in 2021, you better watch every single game you possibly can from start to finish because the same way these teams are getting these double digit leads, they blowing them joints like Mm -hmm. it ain't nothing. I mean, even when you look at the Bama, Texas a and game. I think Bam- I think Bama was down 24-10 at one Texas point.
0: Texas a and blew they lead. <laughs>
1: blew they lead. So it's just, it's a lot of football. It's always a lot of football left. And when you're dealing with these young men who can get it going the way they do, yeah. you got to stay locked in because it's it's just been crazy. And it's 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 cool to see as a fan because you really have no idea what's going to happen, right? Like, yeah. Week in and week out. I know we're hard on the ACC and we give them a lot of slack, but we have to. That's the conference we're talking about. But um, that Red River shootout, man, that was probably one of the most exciting games they've ever had in their history. I think it was the highest scoring game in their history, too, if I'm not mistaken.
0: I can't I can't remember. I got to look it up. But, man, yeah. that, that when I mean a shootout, it was a shootout. Yeah, it, that's, was, that's it was very interesting. And the thing that I thought the, the difference maker in that game was – Caleb Williams, the freshman coming in and taking over uh, for Spencer Rattler. Spencer Rattler- Turn uh, over inter- this year. Well, well, he had an interception where, I, I don't know if it was miscommun- miscommunication with his tight end, but tight end went on the corner route. He threw it like a, like a glance route, five step post route and inter- got an interception. Then he came back and fumbled the football. Mm-hmm. Um, but as soon as they inserted Caleb Williams in the game, the young man has a 66 yard rushing touchdown on a crucial down for Oklahoma, which kind of sparked them now. So with this Oklahoma team, and I always say, I thought Mm -hmm. they coming, well, this year they need to run run the football a lot better. Uh, Mm -hmm. They got two good backs and Kennedy Brooks and then a transfer from Tennessee, uh, Eric Gray, right? So now, early in that game, they wasn't rushing the football effectively because of Spencer Rattler, he's not a run threat. You you bring Caleb Williams in the game, not a defense, Cody, you know this, not a defense got to account for one more. You got to count for plus one in that run game now. Mm-hmm. So now Kennedy Brooks has a monster day, right? This rushing game has a monster day for Oklahoma. Oh, boy, a lot I of different things. See. Now that run game, now that pass game's opening up even more. So I just think Caleb Williams brings a different dynamic to Oklahoma, and I don't know what Riley, uh, Lincoln Riley, is thinking about. If he's thinking about putting Spencer Rattler back in, I'm going to tell you right now, Link. I'm going to take, I don't even know you, but Link. I'm going to call you Link. Link! (laughs) (laughs) Don't you put Spencer Rattler back in that quarterback.
1: That was going to be my next question. Who who would you go with moving forward?
0: Caleb Williams.
1: Caleb Williams. Caleb
0: Williams. Just because he gives our offense a different dimension, right? And now defensively, you have to prepare a different way if you're a defensive coordinator or you're an opposing team. Plus, I'm going off the momentum of my team and what my team is feeding off of. Right. right, My team is, I mean, you, you, you think about the things that led up to this point. You got the crowd che- chanting for Caleb. And I've never been a, a fan of a coach making a decision because what the, what the crowd is saying. Right. But you had that incident go on about two weeks ago, a week ago, but, um, uh, with Spencer Rattler. Then you have Spencer Rattler coming to this, this showdown with Texas, the biggest rivalry in your, in your school's history against uh, that opponent, uh, Texas, Oklahoma. And he doesn't play well. Right. then you make the change, the backup plays well, right? Yeah. So I'm a fan of just riding that, that, that young man's coattail. And I think when it gets to college football playoff time, I think the committee's gonna look at that as well. Okay, right. well, Oklahoma early on with Spencer Rattler, wasn't the team that we wanted to see in the playoffs. But Oklahoma with quarterback Caleb Williams is a team we see that could contend for a national championship and deserves a spot in this college football playoffs. So now I think everyone's gonna be looking at Oklahoma if Caleb Williams is that starter, which he should be, I mean, as I roll my eyes, I don't know what the debate would be. They're gonna be looking at, from this point forward, how, how does this Oklahoma team perform with Caleb Williams at the helm?
1: I'll tell you one thing, I don't, neither one of us know what Lincoln Riley is gonna do, but Spencer <laughs> Spencer Rather, he better stay ready because we've seen all throughout this year, you know, you could be starting, have some mishaps, lose your job, and get another opportunity. So stay ready and we'll see what happens. Stay ready so you don't have to get ready. I wanna let you guys know about Field of 12 Media, a brand new podcast and digital media network covering college football by the people that know it best. Brought to you by Shoot Your Shot Productions, the folks behind the Field of 68. The Field of 12 gives you insight into the game we all love by the people that have lived it. Trevor Knight and Bryce Petty covering the Big 12. Joshua Perry and Christian Hackenberg are covering the Big 10. Yogi Roth and Ted Robinson on the Pac 12. And of course, we'll continue to be your go to source on everything ACC football and more. Check the links below to find the rest of our shows. The field of 12, where college football happens.
0: The next thing I want to talk about is I got to touch on this quickly. I got to touch on Lane Kiffin really quick, man, because for some <laughs> reason, and, and I don't, and I got to touch on these fourth down decisions. I don't mind you going forward on fourth down. They were four for five against Arkansas right. uh, on fourth downs, but the one they didn't get. The one they didn't get, Cody, they went for it at their own 34-yard line. <laughs> and guess what happens after that, that 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 possession? Arkansas kicks a field goal. They kick a field goal, though, mm-hmm. right? So that's three points right there. You're basically giving away if you don't get it on fourth down. Right. The week before, he went for it on fourth down at his own 31 against Bama. It came back to Hunter. Now, I'm going to reiterate, I don't mind him going for it on fourth down but I think it's situational when you go for it on fourth down. I don't think you go for it on fourth down on your own 31 and your own 34-yard 30, uh, line. I think you're putting your team in a position, and if they would have lost that game, if Arkansas would have got that two-point conversion, that probably would have been the headlight, headlines.
1: Yep.
0: Because Arkansas would have won. That's three points you basically gave them. Mm-hmm. So I love the confidence that Lane Kiffin has in his football team. And I love how he believes in his guys. And we had a guy with ESPN Radio, one of the offensive linemen, come on and saying that he loves that he, he that, he, that he has that confidence in the offense. But at the same time, there's a time and a place for everything. Your own 31 and your own 34 is not that place. Mm-hmm. Unless it's your last drive of the game, you're trying to go win a football game. That's the only time you do that and because really, you're putting yeah. your teams in harm's way. But I'm glad Lane Kiffin won that football game because the, the, the narrative would have been different. The story would have been different if they would not have won that football game. And last thing, Iowa, bro. We got to touch on Iowa a little bit before we go. <laughs>
1: Iowa, man. <laughs> I, Iowa. I don't like big Ten football, man. Iowa, man. But like, I, Iowa wow. beat
0: Penn State, man. They beat Penn State. And listen, they can't be worried about injuries that happen, but Penn State quarterback Sean Clifford getting knocked out of that football game. The game, the game changed, the game 100% yards. completely changed. After that. Listen, they couldn't even move the ball at all with their backup quarterback. And I was just one of those teams where you look at them. Are they going to be the most athletic? No. Are they going to be the fastest? No. Are they going to have spectacular plays? No. But they're going to be well coached. They're going to do what their coach asked them. They're going to play team defense. No. They're, they're most of the time, they're not going to turn the football over and they're going to force you to turn the football over. Iowa right now in turnovers in college football is crazy to me. Penn State just had four of them. And I said going into that game, if Penn State want an opportunity to win this game, they can't turn the football over. They had four turnovers.
1: Man, the game was very simple, bro. Iowa, not only did they win the field position battle, they won the penalty battle, nope. the turnover battle, and the explosive plays battle. Their punter their pinned punter Penn State inside their team. <laughs> Three or four times. <laughs> yes. but, and we've talked about it all year. These offenses, especially in the Big Ten, these offenses, if they can't hit a home run on you, they can't consistently drive the ball up and down the field and put points on the board, preferably a touchdown. And right?
0: it's even worse when you have a backup quarterback in there. Then you're
1: not even, you are not even—you don't even have your main gunslinger in there. I yeah. mean, did that kid look – not kid. Did that young man look overwhelmed? You know, it looked like the game was happening very fast for him. Oh,
0: yeah, he wasn't ready for that moment.
1: <laughs> you know, it, was, it was a big stage, but um I was as solid as as solid as they come. And what we're seeing in college football right now, there's nothing wrong with being disciplined and being consistent because hell that's that'll have you beating 95% of these teams that we've seen play this year. Because the- most teams is beating themselves. It's not their opponent beating them, it's it's themselves, it's within. So I don't see I don't see Iowa beating themselves now. They may come up against somebody at some point that just overwhelms them, but they're not going to beat themselves. That's for sure.
0: And for Iowa, man, I think they have a. I think the hardest team they have left on their schedule is Nebraska, and then they possibly they're going. In my eyes, I think they're going to go to the Big Ten championship game undefeated. And if they lose that game, they against another top, I say seven or eight opponent. They have an argument. Just to, to be in the college football playoffs. Right. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. We're going to see how it's going to go. But with Alabama losing, I think that 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 two Big Ten teams. Yeah, you know what I mean? So, we're, I mean, we're going to see how it goes. I mean, you have Cincinnati. You have Oklahoma. And I, that's if Oklahoma can continue to go undefeated, though. We don't yeah. know. Right. But I love what we're seeing in college football. Last thing we got to get to, man, two games in the ACC this week that I think that are huge, Pitt yeah. versus yeah. Virginia Tech. Pitt still only has one loss. Um, I think Pitt is favored by five and a half. I think the over-under in that game is 57 and a half. I'm going to go with Pitt in this one, and I'm going to take the points. I think they're going to win by more than four uh, five and a half, and I'm going to go with the over because Pitt scoring points, boy. Pitt, Pitt. Kenny Pickett doing his thing. Who um, you got in this one?
1: I'm going to, I'm definitely going with um, Pitt and I'm going to go over too, because I expect them to score a whole lot of points. But I'm not expecting, I'm expecting Virginia Tech to score, but I don't know what their quarterback situation is. Going it's,
0: to be. it's more so you're expecting Pitt to do most of the scoring. I, yes, okay, I'm, I'm, I'm got putting Me most too. of the
1: onus on Pitt, but I definitely got Pitt winning. I mean, they're averaging 50, 50 plus a game. I don't see that stopping this weekend.
0: All right, so I'm going to go. Last game, we got NC State hmm. uh, versus Boston College. NC State is favored by two and a half. I think the over under is 51 and a half. I'm going to go with NC State. I think they're going to win by more than two and a half. And I'm going to go with
1: the under in this one. I'm going to go against you, my brother. I'm going with Boston College after that. Heartbreak a couple weeks ago against Clemson. I think think they get back on track. Um, I think Zay Flowers has a big day. Um, mm. They're gonna have to stop that two-headed rushing attack. Yes. Uh, State they're gonna have to figure that out. Um, I don't know how they plan to stop it, but I'm gonna I'm gonna go against the grain and go with BC. And I'm gonna go. You went over or under? I went under in this I'm one. I'm gonna go over. I'm gonna go, go over. over. Gonna
0: cool. There you go, ladies and gentlemen. Episode eight in the books. The one on ones podcast. Thank y'all for listening. Be sure to join us next week for episode nine and whatever's on your mind.
1: Yeah. Oh.